Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. Today is my great pleasure to welcome Rob Rosenthal to the show. Welcome, Rob. Hello. Rob is the CRO, Chief Revenue Officer of Bloomreach. They are over 400 employees, and Bloomreach is an AI-driven content management, commerce, and customer experience platform. That is a mouthful. I came up with that, so I don't know that that's your official tagline, so I'd like to learn a little bit more about that. And I guess maybe the way to learn about that is context. I read that um, you guys have uh, facilitated over 200 billion transactions, which is 25% of all retail e-commerce transactions. You know, I didn't run across Bloomreach before. It's not a household name. What does AI-driven content management, commerce, and customer experience platform actually mean? Yeah, think of it this way. Uh, from the moment you hit an app or a website to the moment you hit buy or check out, that time in between is the experience that's being presented to you by a brand or a retailer. And we power all of that experience. We do that for companies like The Gap, Williams-Sonoma, Neiman Marcus, large companies, global companies, both B2B and B2C. Well, today, topic-wise, we're going to take a really big picture view on migrating your type of selling from point solution selling to platform selling. I'd love to find out some of your go-to resources for staying smart about sales and success and marketing. Well, there was a time when uh, I used to travel every week for many, many years, and podcasting was a, a big thing for me. So, you know, part of the reason I'm I'm happy to be here on your show is because I'm such a such a fan of the medium, and we have our own podcast at Bloomreach. I think it's a it's a fantastic way to share knowledge. So, I listen to podcasts. I do listen to audiobooks and. You know, if I'm not reading, I'm, I'm listening uh, at all times. So that, that to me is a, the most effective way to learn. Do you have a, a most recent podcast you listen to or audiobook that you're that you're working through? So I, I do have an audiobook that I really uh, have listened to a few times recently. It's called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Yep. Right? It's an excellent uh, negotiation book. There's so many practical tips and tricks in there and you can use them immediately. Yeah, a, a lot of great tips in that book. In many ways, it's a sales book as well. There are a lot of very effective uh, sales tactics in that book. So yeah, I highly recommend it Never Split the Difference. Yeah, uh, totally with you. Well, uh, you know, when I asked you what you were passionate about chatting about, uh, you immediately went to this concept of point solution selling versus platform selling. Can you set that up for us? Yeah, think of it this way. Many software companies start out selling one thing, one SKU, one widget, solves a very specific business or IT problem, usually sold to a practitioner or maybe a mid-manager, and it's a volume and velocity game. The larger software companies out there, sometimes um, they build stacks or clouds by buying these startups. I know I used to work at Adobe. They bought Omniture and, and they bought you know multiple software companies after that. Each one had its own pretty much bottoms-up sales motion. And um, over time, you know, you have a collection of these and you, you put them together, you can solve large business problems. It's not just uh, one thing. You're solving multiple problems and you have to change the way you think and sell, right? Instead of selling bottoms up to a practitioner with a very limited value prop, now you're selling to a senior executive with a much broader value prop or a use case, right? So 
in a point solution, you might be ripping and replacing something. Maybe it's an email system that's just not working anymore and you need to replace that. That's a point sale. But you know, what if a VP of marketing or a chief marketing officer has to figure out how do I acquire customers in a more efficient fashion, right? Email is just one channel. I now have a much broader value prop that I have to solve for. And then how do all of my channels work together to solve the problem, the web, the app? How do I think about this in a big picture? And that's what a platform seller will do. They'll engage with that C-level person. They will not talk about speeds and feeds. They will not talk about SKUs. In fact, they're not even going to demo software. They're going to learn about the problem and then uh, bring a point of view that involves a business case of how they can uniquely solve that problem. Do you feel that there's a, a difference in how you migrate from point sale to platform sale when you organically in-house develop, build a product versus buy? Whether you build it or buy it, the fundamental challenge is the same, and that's the skill set of the seller. You have to change the motion from the company. Marketing needs to support more of this use case mentality that's more addressing business issues than it is tactical problem solving. So I think it's the sales enablement is the big difference. It's the big challenge, whether it's organic or inorganic. Got it. You know, as you have had to support, you know, teams who have expanded from the point solution, uh, maybe we deconstruct elements of this, right? There's the the implications on marketing. There's the implications on sales engagement. There's the implications on pricing and packaging, on selling. Which one do you think has the biggest most gut-wrenching change in that move? It's a great question. So take pricing, for example. If you go to market by a point solution and maybe you acquire a bunch of different point solutions, each one has its own value metric. Some might have page views. Some might have API calls. There are many different ways to skin it. Some might be customer segments or records. It just goes on and on and on. That is a big, hairy ball of complexity for your poor customer. That's a big burden on the sales and marketing leadership, product marketing in particular to try to untangle that and come up with a metric that will flow across all of the solutions and make it more of a seamless buying experience, that to me is the thorniest problem. One of the big challenges also is that sellers and I presume sales management, sales leadership have to evolve as you move from point solution to the platform sale. How much do the individual sellers need to know? Should you have product overlay specialists or sales engineers who tackle that? How, you know, obviously it's contextually dependent, but how do you guys approach that since you sell different pieces? Oh, that is such a great question. Uh, so the larger you grow, inevitably you're going to encounter the need for specialization and an overlay concept. And, you know, the way I look at it is anything that's high growth that is going to take a long time to learn how to sell. You should have someone specialized in that motion uh, leading the, the charge. You look and see who's actually driving the deal. So if you're at a larger software company, you can track, all right, who at this moment is in charge of closing the deal? And you can have an opportunity driver or owner field in addition to you know, who owns the opportunity in your CRM. And in that field, you can start to track because you have, you know, it gets com complicated when you have two or three different salespeople in a deal. Who is in charge of the deal? And once you start tracking that, you can say, okay, if, if you find that over 50% of the deals are being run by the specialist, there's probably a case for specialization. A, a KPI would be around 70% or better. If you find that under 50% are being run by the specialist, they become classic overlays. And that kind of breaks the model, right? The CFO is going to hate that. There's no force multiplication there. So that, that is something you got to guard for. You absolutely need specialists. 
And you have to remember that they're uh, critical to grow a fast moving business with a lot of intricacy. And it, as long as you measure who's driving the deal, that's where you get re- your return on that investment. I think a lot of SaaS companies have patterned themselves in many ways, strategy-wise, off of whatever Salesforce does. They follow that. My recollection of Salesforce is that the primary salesperson on any deal is the person who sells the sales cloud. And then all the other stuff, I don't even know if there really are salespeople. There's overlay specialists who, yeah, they do get compensated. But I I think if you want to buy the marketing cloud or the this, that, or the other support cloud or what have you, uh, then they bring an overlay person alongside the sales cloud person. Yeah, Jeremy, I'll tell you, I've studied this model and I've worked at the model at a couple of big software companies and it flip-flops every year. Uh, it, it, you know, there's, there's a prime and there's a co-prime and, you know, the, the bags change every year. They shrink, they get bigger and they get smaller. One thing that never changes is as long as you figure out who's really doing the selling and you can track it, that will bring clarity to the model. Otherwise, it's always going to be fuzzy and confusing. It's a hard job. I've been a specialist. I've led specialist teams. You have to have that high-performing profile, but you have to have your ego in your back pocket, right? Because sometimes you have to give up the deal and someone else is going to get the credit, even though your team did all the work. That's a tough job to hire for. I mean, shifting a little bit into now into the individual sellers and the changes they need to make, it changes the mentality around like go in there and do a big deal versus land and expand. The reality is the platform motion is a big deal motion. It is how you do the multi-million dollar deals. It takes a while, right? You have to have focused accounts. I call them siege campaigns, right? So the rep knows everything that's going on in this subset of accounts. But if you know everything that's going on and you're interviewing multiple senior executives at these companies with the basic question of what's a win look like for you, it can be a broad question. And you know, if you really build empathy and trust with those senior executives and they explain to you what a win looks like, how they're being graded in a report card by their CEO or their board. If you build that kind of empathy and trust and you're working at the right company that can solve big business problems, you can do a multi-million dollar deal, no question. I don't know that there's any more fun to be had in enterprise software than solving big business issues like that and helping someone get a career win where they get promoted. At the same time, you have market conditions, and we're in one now, where I think it's unrealistic to expect that you're going to be doing these multi-million dollar deals all the time and that you can't bank on that. You have to also have a bottoms-up point solution, land and expand motion. And if you can do both of those at the same time, then I think you have a balanced approach and uh, a key to successful growth and scale. So many companies who have point solutions are also like modeling themselves off of the highly specialized approach that Salesforce was pioneering in, right? You've got an SDR, hands off, either qualified ops or even just meetings over to a hunter, a pure hunting AE. And then those people then in turn hand off the commercial responsibility to an account manager and the engagement responsibility and proactive and reactive support responsibility to customer success folks. Does that model change in the platform selling world? 100%. And it's something that I've had to really understand better. I'm six months into working here at Bloomreach, and it was something we looked at as well. You know, not all accounts are created equal. You have to start to segment the accounts and the existing install base. And when you start to really understand that some of these accounts have big time market needs that are going to require the best enterprise class sellers you have or that you can go get in market, 
to go attack these needs, even in an install base, that's still a platform motion. So I have point solution and platform motions happening in the install base. And it's really forced me to think about how do we uh, staff for that? How do we train for that? I came to the conclusion, and I also talked to other CROs at other companies who had similar challenges. You don't really need to clearly cut account management into its own thing. It's okay to have an area VP of sales that has new logo sellers also have some install-based sellers on their same team. And uh, you don't have to have this hard line, right? It's better because you want your area VP to be the business owner. They're more of a general manager mentality. They're not just new logo or install-based. They're both. And you know what that does is it also makes a better seller. It makes a better area VP. They're not just thinking about it from the hit-and-run got to get a new logo. They're thinking about it from, I got to do responsible business here because I'm going to be on the hook when the subscription renews and I want to have a you know a good outcome through the life cycle of the client relationship. Do you think they're honest about it or, or they just say, oh no, like I'm totally secure. Everything is great and wonderful. I just think, think that your product is amazing, right? Is that they just pull the wool over your eyes on that question? Well, they wouldn't get hired if they weren't transparent about it. It's an integrity test and you can, you can pretty much figure it out if they're truthful about it or not. That's that's great. All right. Last question, whether or not to have you see this in some places and it's it's been around for a while. It comes and goes, which is a, a value engineering function. So it's like next level beyond sales engineering. It's people who are actually conducting the business value assessment. Should that be done by like a separate center of excellence that supports your AEs? Or do you think the AE should be the value engineering people? I think it's one of the most important roles in enterprise sales. And it's it's critical for the platform sale. And the larger companies have this function and um, they're their own unit, whether they live with under sales or they live under services or pre-sales, it's part of the sales team and it's how you do the big deals. And I've seen uh, value engineering teams that are McKinsey quality, Bain, BCG quality analysts that work in these teams. And that's one extreme I've seen you know, uh, AEs and reps become the value engineer. And sometimes that's all you have. So look, there's a continuum somewhere in the middle. I think that that function is pretty critical. One idea for your listeners is, because not everyone has the resources to hire that kind of talent. But um, if you go to market with partners, and we do, some of our larger partners out there have made these kind of investments. And, you know, one thing we can do is borrow their value engineers because we're teamed up on a sale. And because uh, value engineers, they exist in most big companies. It's that small to mid-sized software company that's going to have a harder time staffing this profile, but it is a critical profile. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Uh, we, and I think we went uh, and, and really gave great actionable advice on how to move from point selling to platform selling. So thank you. If people want to learn more about Bloomreach or you know try to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? LinkedIn is the best way. There's only one Rob Rosenthal out there with Bloomreach. So just hit me up on LinkedIn. I think it's a great tool. And uh, thank you for your time and appreciate what you're doing. Hey, Salespeople is a production made in partnership with Frequency Media. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan. Paige McCauley is our producer. Peter Lepinto is our editor. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to the Hey Salespeople podcast.